Good morning, Nora. How are you? Good morning. Oh, well, actually, it's <laughs> quarter past one now. Oh, oops. But, you know, I'm still in, like, that morning mood. <laughs> exactly. We have a coffee, so, you know, it's, yeah. it's still the morning. Yeah. So, we have a lot to cover this week. We do. A lot of controversial topics Some as well. Some heavy stuff. Going to be stirring the pot. Yeah, so I'm <laughs> looking forward to this, to this talk. Yeah. Uh, so, why don't we start with Myanmar? Yes. Did you hear about the coup? Yes, I heard about the coup, but to be honest, I feel like I'm very out of the loop at the moment. Like, I will give you yes, a yes. backstory. <laughs> so briefly, Myanmar, which was previously called Burma, mm -hmm. is in East Asia and it's bordered by China, India, Bangladesh and Thailand. Yeah. And it was actually a British colony for 124 years. So I'm, of course, yeah, so like, you know, all these East Asian countries. And it, it was independent from 1948. But in 1962, they had their first military coup. OK. And it was a military dictatorship until 2011, <gasps> which is so long. Wait, did it have same dictator or was it like passed on to someone else? You know Do what? You know? That's a good question. I don't know. I okay. think it's the same military dictatorship. Mm hmm. But I'm not sure if it's the same leader. The same leader. I mean, I, uh, I don't know. They'd have to be very old. They must have been. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. But since 2016, um, Aung San Suu Kyi is the state councillor. So that's kind of the same thing as a prime minister. Yeah. And she's the one who sort of brought Myanmar into democracy. Okay. Very good. Yeah. And she sort of came into power in 2016. And before that, she was under house arrest in like 1996 for yeah. 15 years. 15 years. Mm -hmm. And while she was in house arrest, was she still like a political figure? So she was more a voice for the opposition. Okay. And so that sort of led her into her her official position that she is in now yeah. or was until this recent military coup. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. So she was still vocal. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. she, however, she is, you know, bringing Myanmar into democracy, upheld the, democ the democratic uh, sort of systems. Yeah. However, she came under huge amounts of international scrutiny because while she is in power, yeah. uh, the Rohingya genocide in Myanmar was occurring and she was brought into the international courts in The Hague yeah. and she was sort of omitting the questions and sort of oh. not, not, not being held accountable for the genocide while in power. So she is a bit controversial. She's not, she doesn't have a squeaky clean record. Yes. Okay. And but so is she still, sorry, do you know if she, would she still be seen as controversial? Is that just internationally or also from you, the people living in Myanmar? I think it's more internationally because okay. in Myanmar now, if you look at the protesters, they're holding posters of her oh, right. face and yeah. sort of glorifying her because okay. she's the one that brought democracy into Myanmar. Yeah, and like if you're in the middle of a coup, then that's <laughs> then what she wants. Yeah. Next best thing, right? Yeah. So in November of last year, so this is what started the whole military coup. In the November of last year, her party won by a huge landslide. Mm -hmm. And that caused the military to say that this was fraudulent and they wanted a re-election. However, nothing happened until February. Okay. And in February, the military seized rule of the country. Okay. So they accused her of corruption and accepting bribes. So she's under house arrest again. They shut down the telephone. They shut down Wi-Fi. They shut down the broadcast of radio and television. They even even Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. And they closed the yeah. banks. They closed the um, exits out of the capital city. Yeah. So it was a full-on coup. And 
not funnily enough, but but sa- sadly, <laughs> sadly enough, sadly enough, reading a BBC article from February, mm-hmm. it said that there was no violence in this coup, not not yet reported. Yeah, but I mean, if you have all the press shut off, how else? How can you know? That's true. Right? That's yeah. very true. But fast forward into March, and things are super bloody. There's chaos. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like. I think now, personally, um, I feel like I only kind of woke up to what was happening seeing those pictures. Like the picture of the nun. Yes. That's like, that's going around on social media. So yeah, that yeah, went yeah. viral. So this nun, she, Myanmar is predominantly Buddhist, but okay. she's Catholic. And, and she's seeing how the military is using lethal force against protesters. They're shooting people at point blank range, just shooting at peaceful protesters. They started with... Um, water hoses and and rubber bullets and they shifted into assault rifles and shooting at these protesters. I think they've killed about 60 so far. Wow. Detained 2,000. One teenage girl was shot in the head. She passed away. Yeah. And so this nun seeing this violence, she kneels in front of the military and she begs them not to shoot at the children protesting but to shoot her instead. Yeah. And so that photo was captured and put out into the world such a powerful like even symbolic picture yeah yeah and it's just tragic what's going on because the un uh, they can only use words and condemn and i know condemn and okay. condemn and what does that and do then what? Like, and then what's what what's that gonna do to like the teenager that's shot exactly you know? right right so that's what's happening in myanmar but and so that and then so their previous prime minister she's still under house arrest she is under house arrest right now yeah and it's interesting to see well it's going to be interesting to see what happens hopefully they back down but i'm not sure it's likely their their reason for this coup as they say is that they're only going to uphold this coup until there's a re-election but can we really believe that we'll have to see Also, how can you how are they even going to like organize an election during a military coup and hundreds of thousands of protesters. There's the COVID pandemic. There's so much going on. Yeah. This is not the right oh time. I mean, there's never a right time, but... Yeah, no, of course. I, I know what you mean. Um, God. So moving on from that, there's this other story, which I actually... I It hasn't been like a big headline, I think, this week. I only kind of found it because I was like kind of rooting through to kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, like the, the headlines at like the end of the page. Right. <laughs> but I just thought it was like really fascinating because of how shocking it is. So it's basically, it's coming from the Czech Republic. And in the Czech Republic, there is, you know, like how across Europe, especially uh, Eastern Europe, there's the Romani people. Yes. Which is an ethnic minority. And in the Czech Republic, while it was, you know, Czechoslovakia under communist rule, from the 1970s onwards, like it only ended really in the, the 2010s, so actually after, you know, the, the fall, um these Romani women have been sterilized against their will. Against their will? Yeah. Completely. How do you sterilize women against their, their will? Their will, yeah. So the thing is, like, reading kind of, in, like, one-on-one interviews with uh, the women that this happened to, see, traditionally, they would have quite big families. They would have maybe, like, six or seven yeah. or so. Yeah. And with one woman in particular, so she had three kids, and she went into the hospital to have her third child, and they told her that she had to have a C-section. The thing is, you know, if when you're having a C-section, you're put asleep. Right, you're put under. You know, you, you don't know what's happening. So smart from their perspective, because you can kind of do whatever you want if you're giving her a C-section. So they didn't tell her that they were going to sterilize her. They made her sign some paperwork. But um, like when this was happening, 80s, 90s, um, like... 
not a lot of them, but a few of the women would have not have been educated, so they weren't able to read properly. So they were signing off their fertility. Yes, yeah, so they were essentially signing off their fertility. They oh weren't telling goodness. them what it was. It was just a lot of paperwork. Obviously, you know, also if you're fucking <laughs> about to give birth, like you're not really going to be right. you know, reading, reading everything. Right. <laughs> Terms and conditions. Yes, exactly. So she signed this off and then... Um, she woke up, you know, she had the baby. And then in some cases, a lot of them, they didn't find out that they couldn't have kids until years later. Oh my goodness. That's, that's horrific. I know. Is there talk in like the international sphere about this? Was there not an outcry yeah, about this? There is actually, I found a lot of articles, like even from like 2005 saying like, look, this is happening. We thought that this would end like in the communist era, but it's mm-hmm. still continuing. Yeah. And it's been going on for a while. And the thing is, we have no idea how many people this has happened to either. Oh, wow. You know so, what I mean? Because it's not like the hospitals are going to record it. And it's are just the, the women themselves. Oh, wow. So are the Roma women like protesting or is there an uprising or yeah, what's going on? There is. Um, see, at the moment, there is some hope in this story because the reason why it's in the news again is that as we speak, there is currently a bill that is trying to get passed in, say, like the... Um, I almost said Romanian, <laughs> in the Czech uh, <laughs> parliament okay. uh, to let the women be compensated. So they're going to be paid for yeah. losing their fertility. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's <laughs> it's not a lot, of course. I mean, it's nothing. Like It's not like you can like just buy the child that you lost or anything. But I think it is kind of like a symbolic reasoning because they are kind of saying like, okay, this happened in the past. We won't let this happen again. And we're sorry. It's the best they can do at this and moment. And all of that. But this the sad thing is, is like that racism against Romani people, it still exists. Like Oh, that's, it's I mean, so it, present. Like that's like almost like the roots of a genocide there if you're sterilizing people. You in, know? in Poland, we have a lot of Roma people. Yeah. And we have this program where you can take money for every child per month. So it's or, in order to sort of boost the population in Poland. Yeah. And a lot of Roma families... Yeah. have lots of kids. Yeah. So there's this ongoing stereotype and sort of, I wouldn't say discrimination, but maybe even so in Poland where uh-huh. they're, they're called very not kind names. Okay, they're they're not referred to as Roma. Yeah, they're referred yeah, to yeah. as gypsies. Yeah. So it's 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 very tense and it's it's not just in the Czech Republic. Oh, of I'm course. sure. Yeah, no, no. It's, it's, I know. Yeah. Like the Romani people are kind of all over Europe, really. Like mm-hmm. even in... There's some in Ireland, but you see in Ireland we have travelers. It's like, it's similar, but it's different. They're ethnically different from like Romani people. Okay. But it's a very similar, similar enough kind of uh, culture, you could say. But they also face loads of like outright racism and discrimination. I wonder if there are any in, in the Netherlands. I actually haven't heard about that. Oh yeah, either have I. I'd say so though. There must be small pockets. If Probably. it's like in other European countries, you know. Yeah, but it's... It's shocking. It's really sad. And even sterilization in general, like it's just, well, it's just so sick. It's just completely taking the choice out of you. And it's, it's just so someone brutal. looking at you and being like, I don't want more of you. I don't want you to multiply. And at the, like, I was actually so shocked. Like this is unrelated, but I found out that in um, the prisons in California, like this was from like, say 1910s to 1970s, there was this like program going on where they were sterilizing th- thousands of women Throughout this time in prison. in prison, yeah, because I guess they're the way that they saw it was, you know, they're come, they might have be like drug addicts or something. They're coming from broken families, and they're thinking, well, these women shouldn't have kids, so they fucking sterilize them instead of like, I know, educating them or making their life better so they can have kids if they want to. And were they public about this, or was, did this only come out later? This seemed to only come out later, yeah, because wow. it ended in the seventies. 
it no, says. This happens all over the world. This is so prevalent, but it's not talked about it's enough. It's not talked about, no. no. I know, it's horrible. Oh, I mean, hopefully by the time that this comes out, the women get some form of justice. So we'll know in the next yeah, two days? Yeah, we should know. We oh, should. great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So hopefully that happens. Yeah, I'd, so I'd say it will. Yeah. I'm going to keep a lookout for that. Yeah. And moving on from that, we have a very, very controversial referendum that happened in Switzerland this week, which is in regards to the banning of the burqa and the niqab. Niqab, is that the right mm-hmm. pronunciation? Niqab, yeah. And that is the full facial and body covering, essentially. That so it's different from the hijab. Where, yeah, so the hijab is um, it's just like a headscarf, yeah. essentially, you can still see the face. But the niqab and the burqa, it's covering the full full body. I think sometimes you can just see their eyes. Right? I, I believe that with either the niqab or the burqa, you can't see their eyes. Their eyes are also behind a oh, sort of like a veil. veil. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. So the thing is, this referendum, it only passed by 51%. So very, very close. Oh, that's a tiny margin. A tiny margin. So it's it's like you can't really look at that referendum result and be like, oh, you know, Swiss are like... A, Islamophobic because mm-hmm. it's tiny margin, you know, it's nuts. Do I, we know the age ranges? So was it the ooh, older generations? Was it the younger voting for uh, it? No, I don't know personally. I mean, like seeing comments from young Swiss people, they predicted that it was mostly conservative, older, white Swiss people. But what's even what's really nuts about this, right, is that a study was done by a university in Switzerland and they found that only thirty women, like around thirty, I think it was like maybe twenty one to thirty two women wear the niqab or the burqa only regularly. 30 women which is nuts like i think uh, muslims make up like five percent of the swiss population so this was more symbolic this is sort of yeah. a way to say hey listen we don't like you we don't like yeah, you their reasoning was that it didn't fit with their ideology with modern swiss society in that sense i understand mm-hmm. because i think that you know when the Swiss have a certain culture. They mm-hmm. want to uphold that. Yeah. However, I think it's wrong to sort of outright ban something yes, rather than discourage it. When there's such a tiny amount of people that are doing it. Like, it's an interesting discussion to have because I, I the way that I see it, like, it's kind of dividing the left. Like, it's very easy to imagine, like, old white right wing people that are just straight up like, no, don't like Muslims. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, vote against it because they literally just are, you know, racist. <laughs> but then people that are left-wing, there is this kind of, like, white savior complex that we can have where, and I'll, like, I'll admit, I think sometimes, me, myself, I was kind of raised to always be very, like, critical of, like, I'm Catholic, well, technically Catholic, raised about how religions treat women. The same. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, like, I mean, I grew up in Ireland, which has, like, a <laughs> horrible, like, the way that the Catholic Church treated women there were horrible. So I think I did always have this criticism in my head. So me personally, when I remember seeing like people in burqas and niqabs for the first time, I think immediately in my head, I was like, oh my God, all those poor women, like their husbands are abusing them. They're oppressing them. They have no choice. They have no choice. Yeah. So I had this idea. So then a lot of other liberal people, they, I guess they would have voted to ban the burqa and they're thinking, yes, this is so great. You know, I'm freeing these women. I'm liberating them. Mm. But at the same time, like, once you rile it back, and I got this just from like listening to other people's opinions, it's just another restriction that you're putting onto someone, yeah. really. Like, this isn't 
like how are you liberating that woman you're just giving her another rule essentially and it is it's taking away her choice yeah, how so is you, that liberating you really? come from good intentions thinking you're yeah that's saving the thing it's the white them. savior complex that's it and a lot of mm. i think actually i think also in europe there is also this thing where we think we're like oh no 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 i'm not racist i'm not racist i'm just I, i want them to be free i want to liberate them but really it's kind of covering up this fear that we have this like brown fear is it, yeah is that is in the netherlands they also banned the burqa a couple of years ago yeah but the authorities refused to fine women in the streets for wearing a burqa yeah. so it didn't really go through so i'm curious as to whether in the switzerland yeah, this will also point. yeah play out guess, the same way yeah 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 that's actually a really good point because like even a lot of the police there or people that are in, like in those positions they could be muslim themselves and yeah. like, that's so insulting it really is actually if you think about it to just see that referendum that says because because it's like with such a small minority of people that are wearing it it's more so just saying like we don't like what you represent under what guise was this referendum brought in was it for national security was it for for identification see, purposes the thing is when the kind of like bureaucratic part of it is that they describe it on their website as just full facial coverings so say like a balaclava or a mask mm-hmm. to wear like during a sporting event they said or, or a protest or a protest for security reasons i guess that is dangerous because you know say if you're shooting someone and you have a mask on you know you don't know who it is but at the same time a lot of the publicity surrounding it was about extremism mm-hmm. like it would have a picture of a woman in a burqa and it would be like stop this extremism it doesn't like relate to our society and all of that yeah but the thing is like even in terms of islamic extremism which is what we th- there's like this big european fear of like i'm sure it's we all know it's a minority it's a tiny tiny minority of muslims that are extreme but say in this context where a woman would typically wear a burqa outside every day even if her husband was forcing her to do it like banning it it's just ban like it's just it's curing like a symptom and not a cause it's punishing the women it's punishing for... the woman it really really mm-hmm. is and like even if they were married to an extremist like they could easily say well now you're not going outside yeah you know like it's just it's almost like a lot of white people not even like white people it's just like a lot of say non-muslim people it's like they don't want to see this yes, you know they don't want to see muslims they don't want to see this reminder of like this brown oh they're so they're just like okay just put them behind doors it's like a hard fist it's tr- it's so symbolic because it's like mm-hmm. oh look at us taking on quote unquote islamist islamic um extremism ex- extremism in europe oppression yeah 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 whereas what does this really do does yeah, this exactly. really stop terrorist attacks and does- it's just going to make people feel more marginalized yeah. it's horrible and again it, it only punishes the woman in this again, situation yeah it's always those that are getting like fucked over yeah but i was actually thinking like even in terms of um like a lot of like uh, like i mean we're both white girls <laughs> disclaimer you can already yeah. guess <laughs> like w- a lot of white people they look at the way like uh, they look at islamic culture and we think oh no that's so oppressive like you're telling a girl what to do but at the same time like they could easily look at us and the way that we dress and think well sure that's sexist isn't it yeah, like who are just, we to determine for men exactly. like even that like we think that we're so progressive here in the west but like Did you see that statistic from the UK? No. There was a um yeah, university study. I mean, it's like shocking but at the same time I was like, oh, that's actually like not that surprising. 97% of women in the UK experience sexual harassment. That's I know. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, again, like you said, I'm not shocked. <laughs> yeah, know, I'm just disappointed so that yeah. it, w- once it's quantified, once it's in numbers, you're just thinking 
wow, this is just every woman. I think we all have our own stories of sexual harassment or or being on the metro and having a really unpleasant encounter. Yeah, (laughs) we've been there. We've been there, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's it's horrible. It really is. Like, I don't know where... um, where I stand fully on this like in terms of the mm-hmm. burqa ban I think it's it's just kind of going backwards really it's like like we said it's more so a symbolic thing you know it's coming out of this brown fear and like in terms of extremism or protecting women I don't think it's doing anything it's so complicated really. like I it's can, just making it worse I can see both sides yeah and I feel like again as a white woman it's really hard to say yeah I can't say anything what yeah. what what is the right thing to do mm-hmm Again, I'm open to hearing both sides. Yeah, honestly, same. I'm always I know, open. I'm so interested to hear uh, what a like what a Muslim woman would think of this mm-hmm. ban and everything because like we have a complete like we could easily just have a completely different cultural outlook. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. so hard to compare. And that's with everything. I think there's always two sides, and mm-hmm. I don't know. Just want to put it out there. We're always willing to. Yeah. Yes. Of course. Come at us. Come at us. <laughs> come at us. <laughs> okay. So. I think um, it's lunchtime. It is lunchtime. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you guys <laughs> another time. Yeah, see you next week. I mean, don't know if it'll be us next it week. It won't be us <laughs> next week, but <laughs> thanks yeah. for listening. Thank you for listening. <laughs>